Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, it's, it's awful touchy. I mean, you know, Fitz is one of those guys, he can go back out and turn back into Fitz magic and, and throw four or five touchdowns like he did in the fourth quarter. But he could also go out and throw four or five interceptions also and turn it right back over to Jameis. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. The TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige DeMacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMacos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. And it is presented by Fantasy Football at Sea. Guys, if you don't know about Fantasy Football at Sea yet, you should go to fantasyfootballatsea.com and see all about it. We're so excited. Next August, we're going to the Bahamas. This year's draft sucked. We're we, partying and drinking in the Bahamas. Yes. I know, yeah, by the way, we're going to draft some fantasy teams. Yes, that's that's a good way to say it. We're, we're going on an awesome vacation, and oh, by the way, there's going to be former NFL players, fantasy analysts, and it's going to be a hell of a time. So if you had a shitty draft like I did, you guys need to upgrade. And it's going to be an awesome. None of us had that kind of draft. I don't care what you did. Nobody was chilling in the Bahamas with a Corona. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'll take David Johnson for it. Yeah. Here's the thing. I've been to Vegas to draft. I've done draft parties with my friends. Uh, This is like the next level of drafting. So I, I am prepared to give the most amount of FOMO to every person who doesn't go on this cruise because it's going to create the largest level of I'm going to make sure every league I play in drafts while I'm in the Bahamas. Yes. I'm going to say, no, I'm not drafting any other time other than while I'm on this cruise. So, so I, can, I can do all of my drafts there and just say, okay, this is the greatest thing of all time. 100%. 100%. But let's get into a hot topic in the NFL right now. And that is Aaron Rodgers is going to be 35 years old in a month. Turns 35. So all this talk about him being in his prime, he's a little older than I think people realize. Jake, you reacted. It was shocking to me when you said that. Yeah. yeah. He's a month away from being 35. They are 3-3-1, three, three and one, and they were sellers at the trade deadline. There was a lot of talk amongst Green Bay fans, reporters, and whatnot. They're pissed off that this team was a seller at the trade deadline. So I'll ask you guys, have they wasted the prime of Aaron Rodgers? Jake, I'll let you go first. Yes and no. Most people point at Mike McCarthy as the scapegoat here. Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers together have been in one of the most dynamic offenses in NFL history. Every year, they're top five. They've put up the numbers, and they've done it with beat-up offensive lines. They've done it with less than stellar running back play and less than superior receiver talent, right? There's other people involved here. Ted Thompson was the GM of this team for a long time, and one of the reasons they were sellers is apparently their salary cap is not very solid because ha-ha Clinton Dix is a guy you're going to resign. He's not going to demand crazy money, but he's been really, really good for you. Maybe he doesn't fit Mike Pettin's scheme. Maybe that's one of the reasons they wanted to move on here. This division is still very winnable, and I think they can get there, but I don't think they can make a run. I don't think they have the roster. Jamie and I talked about it last week that I don't think their roster is better than the Colts. No, and is so, that? A, but is that a concession, right? Because that's what – if you look around and you go, okay, this division, they're within one game. 
of first place, right? The Bears are in first Everybody place. Is. They're, they, I guess is my answer is yes, yeah. but it's not Mike McCarthy's fault. Okay, it's Ted Thompson and the organization's fault. There's always people above the coach. The coach does not has not Bill Belichick. He doesn't have total control of the whole thing. He had a boss, and I don't like the roster that they've had around him the entire time. They've had he's been there so long. You could have flip flopped this salary cap three different times. And they just haven't done it. They've just relied on him to be so incredible. And he has been. How much better could Aaron Rodgers have been in his career? It, not, it ain't his fault. No, it's and not that, his fault. Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. That duo has been great, in my opinion. And so, yes, I think my answer is yes, they probably have, even though my, my, my dad said, yeah, they won a Super Bowl. They made a couple runs. It's just hard to think that he's going to finish this career, this stellar career, maybe the greatest quarterback any of us have ever seen play the game. Talent-wise, going to one Super Bowl, going to one and winning one, and he shouldn't have won that. No, we, I were, in the, we were in that game. I was there. They, they, the Packers shouldn't have won that game. No, they, they did. To his credit, he's got a ring, but no, it's hard they, to think his career would end without that. They barely got there. Like, right? They they won. I was I was at that Bears game in Soldier Field, the NFC Championship, where he threw a last second Aaron Rodgers play to score a touchdown, and yeah. they barely got there. I mean, it's my favorite thing to tell Packer fans: you have Aaron Rodgers has been in the same amount of Super Bowls as Rex Grossman. So that's my that is my ultimate like think about how, how think. there's the answer to our question then yes Aaron Rodgers has this prime has been wasted by yeah him. and it's always tough it's tough to win a championship in the NFL it's tough and so it's always difficult to look at somebody that has a ring and say they have not Aaron Rodgers but that they have failed to capitalize on it yeah the problem is, is as Jake said we're looking at from a talent standpoint probably the best quarterback of all time just yes. a pure athletic talent standpoint that's what Aaron Rodgers is. He should have more than one championship. And you talk about the missed windows. The Patriots don't really have that missed window. You could argue those two giant Super Bowls, but you're going to lose, especially that first giant Super Bowl. That defense was. Well, Super go Bowl back defense. to the beginning of the Patriots. Adam Vinatieri kicks two game winners. Yeah. You barely beat the Rams and you barely beat the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Or yeah. This whole thing doesn't ever really get started. Exactly. And they weren't a better team than that Rams. No, team, they, they weren't like, better than the Panthers either. But sometimes that happens. Right. And in the case here, we've there's another team that, that we, we're going to talk about later in the show that had that missed window, and that's the Seahawks. Yeah, they should have won more than one championship, and I think that's what we're talking about here with the Packers and Rodgers. They should, if Rodgers ends his career with only one championship, it'll be a disappointment, and it's not because of him. It's little enough because of anything he has done or hasn't done. It's because the organization has not put a team around him. It's a lot of the same talk that we were having with Peyton Manning in the Colts era, where how does this guy only have one Super Bowl ring? Why can't they field a roster around him like the other? So go back to that. So Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Roger Craig, Steve Young had a lot of that same thing. Terrell Owens, Ricky Waters when he was there. Anybody you're going to talk about that's in the category of Aaron Rodgers had three or four other Hall of Famers that played with him. Yes. Who are his guys? Jordy Nelson was awesome, but he's not a Hall of Famer. No. Devontae Adams has been great this year, but not a Hall of he's not a Hall of I mean, Famer, and he hasn't been there long enough. Greg Jennings, I mean, I mean, there wasn't I – mean, There was guys, pieces. James Jones. Like, we're talking about a bunch of dudes, sure. not the dudes – no, like Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. It's a shame that they're both not already in, but they're both going to the Hall of Fame. Not only that, but you you argue, and you know, a lot of Patriots fans would say, okay, you can say the same, same thing about Tom Brady. But how many defensive Hall of Famers have come out of the years that Tom Brady was playing quarterback? There's going to be quite a few when oh, it's all said. Oh, and, yeah. When it's all said and done, there will be quite a few Absolutely. defensive Hall of Famers. Whereas I think the biggest part of this is because obviously I've watched this division so closely. They have never, ever taken seriously the defensive side of the football. And in a division where Minnesota always has a pretty damn good defense, the Bears always have a pretty damn good defense, and you play in cold-weather football where you have to run the football and play defense, 
this system has just not made sense for a long time because at some point you're going to have to play defense and they've never had a good defense. So going back to my organizational point, looking at the Patriots, Tom Brady's played with Hall of Fame talent. He just hadn't played with his whole career because they turn the roster over so much. They keep their salary cap in a great position. They move. They almost play it like fantasy. If you're really good in fantasy, you're looking two, three, four weeks ahead. For sure. Well, Belichick's looking two, three, four years ahead, looking the first half of the season, second half of the season. Who do we need to make a playoff run? Randy Moss and Brandon Cooks are better wide receivers than Aaron Rodgers has ever had. Oh, yeah. I'd say Devontae Adams is probably better than than Brandon Cooks and Jordy Nelson's close, but they're both elite. I mean, Randy Moss is one of the three greatest of all time, so – but you I mean you go back to all those guys that he's had. Edelman's a freak. Yeah, Edelman's a great football. Player. Wes Welker was a beast. I mean, they yeah. created the slot position in New England by guys that were really good. Go back to their days playing in college. They were shifty elite guys, right? They just learned how to play with him. And I think that's a great point because we're we're so spoiled now that half the league has an elite slot option. Like we're yeah. so spoiled now that we forget that when Wes Welker was wreaking havoc on defenses across the league, we hadn't seen something like no. that. Oh, and by the way, Brady played with Gronk his whole career. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say. Yeah, Gronk, I, I know now it's faux pas, but Aaron Hernandez was a hell of a football player for a oh, absolutely. Look, Terrible human field being. Stuff, yes. but, he was a, he, but, really good, but he yeah. fit what they do. That's the point. Like, what fits what Green Bay does? They never put – Clay Matthews is not a Hall of Famer. There's nobody on that defense that's been elite. No, so that, that goes what's right the, into – What's the best running back Aaron Rodgers had? I'm on Green. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean let's think about that for a second. That's the only one that comes to mind over yeah. Aaron Jones who came yeah. on the field for more than seven snaps. They literally took a wide receiver and turned him into a running back last year. With they Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah. kind of the point. All of this points to, yes, it's, yeah. been, it's kind of been wasted because they never surrounded him with a team that could make a run. Everybody's going to have injuries. Jamie said, you got to get lucky. you got to have a lot of breaks go your way to win a Super Bowl. They never really had the team other than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is off this roster. Oh, this, team is we're terrible. picking him to go three and thirteen. We talked about this again on the show. This is if we take the quarterbacks away, the two elite quarterbacks in the Packers and the Colts. I'm not sure the roster is that much different, and I'm not sure I'm not taking Indianapolis. I like Indianapolis a lot better. They have yeah. better pieces in a lot of positions, but go through Aaron's whole career. Yeah. If you take him off that team, are they any good? No. no. Well, we've seen what happens when they've played a back quarterback. Right. Yeah. The system's done okay. Matt Flynn made a bunch of money. Matt Flynn had one good game. They've had but, one good game without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right. But if you take him away, that roster's never been any good. No. And he's been there long enough that there should have been three or four years where that window was, okay, we load up like the Rams are doing. Salary cap, screw it. Let's make a run. Let's win a Super Bowl. All this conversation is happening because Sunday Night Football is Aaron Rodgers v. Tom Brady, the GOAT conversation between the two where you're really saying achievement versus talent because there is nobody who's going to beat Tom Brady from an achievement standpoint. And as much as I love Rodgers, what Brady does with the football in in moments that matter is unbelievable and unmatched. And that's why this quote that I'm going to read to you guys comes from Tom Brady. He's being asked if Rodgers was in the Patriots' offensive system with their opposing, with the defenses that they have and all the knowledge that, that he gets, not only from what he does, but from Belichick and, and coaching staffs around him. He would throw for 7,000 yards every year. He's so much more talented than me. From a raw talent perspective, yes, Aaron Rodgers is far superior athletically to Tom Brady. You've seen that. Watch Tom Brady run. 
He literally just – he's three yards away from 1,000 yards rushing, and it took him 19 seasons to get there. <laughs> just okay? passed Tim Tebow on the, on the all-time rushing list. He's the most dad-looking dork when he runs the football because he's, he's, he's a pocket passer. He stays in the pocket. They build great offensive lines. He has time to throw. That's his game. That's what he's been able to do. But this, this is why this conversation is happening on this podcast because it's a fun game to play, which is where this article is coming from on ESPN.com. What if Aaron Rodgers had played in New England under this system? And I think it's a, it's a fun conversation to have. To Brady's credit, he's only missed one year. Rodgers has missed a few. That's a good point as well. Because, because he's athletic and does move around. Yes. Brady just throws it in the ground if he's going to get hit. But Brady's longevity has been spectacular. Yeah, for he's sure. 41, take care of his body the way he does, TB12 center, all the stuff he's kind of developed. His longevity has been awesome. He had one year to an ACL. Yeah. A freak injury. Yeah, which was a, was a fluky freak play. So, I mean, he's... No, that's a that's a very it's a very valid point because listen, as many the collarbone injury is a serious thing with Aaron Rodgers. If he gets if he gets hit again, they're the greatest guys of all time: the Peyton Mannings, the Drew Brees, the Brett Favre's on the, the greatest list, right? Statistically, yeah. they all played yeah. a ton. They never missed games. Yeah. No, that's ever. a very good point. That's he's he's point. missed a bunch. So that's, I mean, that's that's one of the places you have to knock him career wise. But we're talking raw talent: Jeff George, Dan Marino, John Elway. Rodgers better than all of them. Yeah. He's more talented than all those guys. Yeah. And, they, and he never played on a team as good as all those guys played on. That would maybe be, not Jeff George, but yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. If, if you think I'm, if you're laughing at me for saying Jeff George is one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game, you're a fool and go watch, go watch him throw the ball. Yeah. Don't, don't knock Jeff George. All right, guys, let's talk about some trades that happen from a fantasy perspective. Cause these, these next two trades are, are both guys that are owned in, in most leagues. And, the first guy we're going to talk about is Golden Tate, obviously a, a long-standing player in Detroit. He's been a fantasy guy that you're always paying attention attention to each and every year. But he was competing for t- for for receiving yards there in in Detroit, where they had a lot of options and a lot of people to go to. And now he's going to Philadelphia, where this team has struggled. They obviously get a win this weekend, but this team needs to get back on track. And I, I want to. I'm interested from a fantasy only perspective whether or not you guys think his value is higher now that he's on Philadelphia versus the Lions. I don't think his value is higher, but I think it's about the same. Okay. But where I think the value goes to increase is for the Kenny Galladay owners, for the Marvin Jones Jr. owners. I think the only one that's actually hurt by this is Nelson Aguilar owners, if you still are hanging on to him on your bench. Uh, Golden Tate has been this year, almost all three of those wide receivers in Detroit have been top 25, top 30 plays all year yep. long. You were playing a little bit of the Rams game where almost every game, two of the three were really good, but the third one was kind of had that okay, that four for 50 type yeah. of game. Now you have a much better idea about that. Philadelphia is throwing the ball a lot. I don't know if they, I mean, their running back situation is abysmal. It might be the worst running back situation in the league yeah. in Philadelphia. So they're throwing the ball a lot, and now they are committing to. Well, if we want to win this division, we're going to have to have Carson Wentz throw this ball 40 times a game. So I'm glad you mentioned the running back position. That's where I think he's actually going to really help the Eagles. Not necessarily from a running back playing position, but Golden Tate is a tweener, and he's maybe the best run-after-the-catch guy in the NFL. Philly's been really creative the last couple years. RPOs, swing passes out of the backfield, putting him in motion. I can see them motioning him back in the backfield next to Carson Wentz like a running back and throwing it to him because you have to match up with a linebacker or safety. That's a nightmare. I can see them getting really, really creative, and his touch is going way up. From a football perspective, I think it's a great move by Detroit. I think it's a great move by Philly two years in a row swinging for it. They know they can win their division, and if they get hot and healthy by the end of the year, they know they can make a run and win this whole thing. 
I think he's a huge piece to do that. He's, I think he's their best receiver. He's their best run after the catch, their best guy in space, and I think they're really going to use him. And, and this is a point Jake brings up every single week, and it's important to bring up here again. Teams are starting to realize that you win a Super Bowl in this league two ways. You either have an all-time great quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie contract. That is how you win the Super Bowl right now. And you see what the tech, we're talking about the deal the Texans just made, yeah. about the deal the Eagles just made. Those are two teams that said, we have guys on rookie contracts that we can actually maneuver and get good players while we still have the cap space to do it. We need to make our run now because in four or five years, you look at places like Seattle and you go, it becomes a lot more difficult to construct your roster the way you would like to when you start to start paying the quarterback. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. From Houston's point of view, we'll, yeah, this we'll, is, we'll jump right into that yeah. with Demarius Thomas. I love it from Houston's point of view. I really love it from a football perspective from the Broncos. DT's almost done. Great yeah. career, but he can't really run. My one question for Houston is DeAndre Hopkins is a possession guy. He makes a lot of big plays because he's such a freak and his catch radius is out of this world, but he's not Will Fuller. Will Fuller was stretching the field, making those plays. DT can't really do that anymore. So now you have almost two possession guys. Yeah. I think it helps because it adds a really solid guy. He also drops a lot of passes. Kiki QT can't stay healthy, even though he looked flashed and looked really good when he was. And Will Fuller's now out for the year. So I like it from their point of view to try to make that run. Same thing. They can win their division. They can get in, get hot. Who knows? I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. Kansas City's done. Yeah. Right? Who else in the AFC? Ben Roethlisberger broke a finger. If it was the, on the other hand, they're done. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? I mean, if, if Houston can make a run and get in there, he'll help. I'm just yeah. not sure he's going to stretch the field about, enough to really make them do what they want to do. So that's football perspective. If you're a Demarius Thomas owner, do you think this uh, – do you upgrade him now that he's in this offense, or are you – Probably, because Will Fuller's slightly, been really yeah. good, but it's been big. But, he's like four for that, 110 and a but touchdown. That's the, there's, there's an interesting connection with Fuller and Watson. Yeah, there is. Sure that's going to carry over, because there we is. saw that last year. We saw it this year. There's just there's just a feeling there, a little bit like Rosen and Christian Kirk. Sometimes you just – I don't think the big playability is there, so no, I don't think his yeah. fantasy value goes up. If I have him and he's getting traded, I'm going to give it a week to see, maybe two, depending on who you have playing there's probably going to be some better options. I just don't think the big plays there. And the other thing is Hopkins is going to get 12 targets. Yeah. yeah he's not D- taking touches away from DT DeAndre. is no. not getting 12 targets. No, no. He's going to get five like Fuller was or QT, you know, QT was. And I don't know what he can do with those five. I think he's what he's going to end up doing is maintaining his flex now. Because yeah, I think his value is going down in Denver. Yeah. I don't think it's going down anymore. I think it's you can – From a fantasy perspective, Cortland Sutton – I would yeah. damn sure look at picking up he's, if he's, he's not floating. If he's floating around in your league, I would look at that because they have taken shots every week. Mm-hmm. He's starting to come down with more and more. Emmanuel Sanders has been really good. But he takes a shot at him. That dude is a yeah. f- like physical freak. He can make some plays. And I would like definitely Deshaun, look they at They like Deshaun Hamilton there too. So yeah. we'll see with both those guys get a little bit more. If you read TDFantasy.com last week, I told you to pick up Corlin Sutton last week because there's a very strong chance that Marius Thomas was going to get traded. And now at this point, everybody knows that Sutton's a pickup. Yeah, at this point, he's probably picked up in your league. So hopefully you read TDFantasy.com last week. Uh, this has less to do from a fantasy perspective, more from a football perspective. And that's the Dante Fowler trade, obviously going from Jacksonville to the LA Rams. It is Because they needed more athletic that's, on So that's, that's my question. Like, <laughs> at what point does this defense become almost unfair from the amount of athletic guys that they have on the defensive side. And the other question I have is the Jacksonville Jaguars being sellers here. Is this an indication that this team is now they're not out of it because the division's not, not great, but Houston's on a little bit of a roll here and Jacksonville doesn't look like it's going to, like it's going to turn the corner. So is this kind of a little bit of a warning sign if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, a fan? No, because their salary cap screwed. 
they paid A.J. Boye, Clayus Campbell, so much money. They paid the guard that they signed the offseason. His name's – he's a guard, so his name's not popping in my head. Yeah. Uh, a ton of money. They gave Bortles a ton of money. So their, their salary cap screwed, and they realized they're not going to sign Fournette. They probably can't sign Dante Fowler Jr. I'm not sure why you wouldn't. I would let Calais Campbell go at the end of his career and give that money back. But from a Rams point of view, my God, they've had Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue coming off the edge. I mean, would they have Dante Fowler come up the middle? Like Wade Phillips, I just love. It just adds another piece to that defense. I keep believe going to come back. Awesome. The other one we're talking about is HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah. To a Washington defense and a Washington team that's been really sneaky. Yeah. They're running the ball. They're stopping the run. And they're playing really good defense. From a fantasy perspective, this trade matters. Because if you have a quarterback, a receiver, or running back playing against the Redskins, go back and look at the eight games they've played mm-hmm. that nobody has lit them up. A couple guys have had big games because they've had a couple touchdowns. But DJ Swearinger, Josh Norman, and you add Hawkland Dix to the mix on that, that secondary, and they're already stopping the run. I think they're third in the league against the run. That's a fantasy that matters. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean both of those matter. It's also they're, it's also a time to mention that they're first in the NFC East. Yes, a team five like, and two. Yeah, this this Jamie team, and I picked them to go four and twelve. And, and by the way, their offense sans Adrian Peterson has been terrible. Yes, has been awful this yeah. year. And but that but that has, they signed boards. Michael Floyd a few weeks ago. Like there, it is receiver. Yeah open barn door rotating. And Chris Thompson has been hurt. I mean, he's been effective when he's played, but he's been hurt. So it's been the Adrian Peterson show and defense. Organizationally, a traditional dumpster fire. Give them a ton of credit for making the move and getting Adrian Peterson in week one, going into week one. He's been phenomenal for them. Yeah. Without him, there's no way they're five and two. There's no way they're five and two without him. No, I think he's on the TV 12 diet because he's, he's a a robot to be a a running back that came off of, that had a major injury in his career. That's now, uh, you know, was playing in Arizona last year, goes to another team, another offense that's struggling, that doesn't have a lot of weapons. Uh, a props to AP because it's it's honestly look it's he flashed for the Cardinals last year behind yeah. a beat up offensive line Agreed. with a backup quarterback and yeah. I, I, and played well at yeah. times at a couple hundred yard games. I mean, there's but he's he's been phenomenal. Also for like future, so when you're drafting on the cruise next year, yes, boy, am I gonna love Darius Geis if Adrian Peterson yeah. and, oh. and and Capri Bibbs are doing this stuff behind the line? What's Geis gonna do when he comes back healthy? Yeah, it's uh, honestly I've thought about that. Cautious warning: It's an ACL. Yeah. Dalvin Cook owners, yeah. listen to yeah. me again when I say next year that Darius Geis will not be the guy that you want in the first or second round. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, not, no, no, not that. No seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, we don't like the injured uh, running backs coming off those major injuries. Let's All right. Adrian Peterson. Nobody yeah. else. <laughs> nobody else has ever but done it. But that's the problem. He set the precedence that. That's kind of what everybody, nobody expected, can and nobody can follow that. He's the only person that's ever come off that injury in that time frame. Nine months. He did it late and came back insane. and was an absolute freak. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. insane. All right, Thursday night football is a um, is it watchable? Is a game? Is a game? There are two uh, NFL teams technically playing football. Yeah, that's not. I, I don't even know if I would describe them as NFL teams at this point. Uh, the Oakland Raiders going to San Francisco. Tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football, three-point favorites for the San Francisco 49ers, the standard home team favorites. But at this that point – That ought to be a slap in the face of the Raiders. Okay, that's my, that was how I was going to start this off. So San Francisco starting a backup quarterback, okay? They just came off a loss to the Arizona Cardinals who – For the second time in a month, and that's the, the only time. two wins the Cardinals have. Yeah, the team that pretty much everybody has said is not – if not the worst team in football, the second worst team And you were football. winning 15-3 to three in the fourth yeah. quarter. 
So this, what does that say about the current status of the Oakland Raiders? Because yes, while I understand that you realize that John Gruden is now playing for the future, that's nice to say, but in all reality, the NFL is not about playing for the future. It's not about building a system. It's about winning now. <laughs> this when you have a ten-year guaranteed contract. Yeah. I, I just, I can't. I, I, <laughs> then, then, then it's not, not, no, it's not, not I just, long. It's, yeah, but how do you sell that to a fan base? I just, I don't. If I'm a, they fan, don't. They're leaving that fan base in two years. That's true. That's true. This fan base has got to be. It's such a weird situation, right? It's, it's just, just strange in the NFL to have what you're what you have going on, like tanking. Basically, yeah, I mean, one of the things I always look at when I'm picking games is the quarterbacks. I rarely take the worst quarterback to win the game, regardless of, of the better quarterbacks at home. That's one of the biggest indicators I look at. Derek Carr, say what you want, is leaps, shoulders, head, bound, whatever the hell you want to say, better than C.J. Beathard. He's not at home, but it's a 30-minute road trip. It's not like the new candlestick Levi's yeah, stadium they're is. In, like, they're sleeping so, in their same beds. Right. Um, so I'm taking the Raiders 24-20. It's a slap in the face that they're not – that they're three-point dogs. This is not a standard home, okay, toss-up game. If it is, oh, my God. I mean, this Raiders offense was top five through the first six weeks. There were 28 points last week. Yeah, I know I mean, the Colts secondary is nothing special, but no. neither is San Francisco's. No, I mean, they like, they just gave up two touchdowns to a rookie quarterback in the Cardinals to lose that game this weekend. The Raiders are still a better team. San Francisco's, they're just so beat up. They, they got nothing going on. Kyle Shanahan, I'm a big fan of. I think he is right there with McVay on the offensive creative genius for these young guys, but he has nothing to work with. No, there's, not, there's not much going on there. Jamie, any other thoughts on yeah, this no, game? I, I agree. I think the Raiders win this game. Uh, I think they definitely covered the, the plus three, and but I just don't. The San Francisco team, we tried to warn you at the beginning of the season that even with Jimmy Garoppolo, this wasn't as good a team as people were thinking they were going to be. That defense is not as good as people imagine it is. It's beat up. They have a lot of injuries, but they have a lot of injuries to guys that are always hurt. Yeah. And you just have to factor that in. I have a question for this game. I have a dilemma this week. Okay. okay. Gronk has been so bad. Yeah. Yes. I picked up Kittle when Gronk was out. Kittle's my number two tight end this week. Gronk's my number five. I would start Kittle. Yeah. And I don't feel – and honestly, I think it's – I could, I could play them both and play Kittle over Carrion Johnson in a flex position with a bunch of my Colts that I now have on buys. But it this is a great question for a lot of people. Like, do you, you never it, consider benching Gronk. No. I did it this weekend, yeah. and Kittle was better. I think Kittle and Cook. I think both tight ends in this game I would start over Gronk this oh, week. That's, that says something about this crazy tight end you are having in fantasy. One, it's crazy. Two, I think there's nobody can play defense in this game. No. Three, Gronk's not healthy. No, he he's is not, not healthy. And I know people, was, never people are still taking him out of the game. I mean, the Bills yeah. still had like four dudes lined up around him, and they were and still they racking up. Fine. That's, yeah. why, that's, what I mean, that's why he's out there, honestly. He's half out there just to be like, please just take the pressure off of Edelman. You've talked me into White. I'm officially benching Gronk. Yeah. Never thought any fantasy owner, owner would, would I'm, ever I'm a say that. Fantasy owner. I, I, I spent a lot of money on him on my, au- my auction draft. I thought, yeah. you know what, having a premier player like that at that position, given what it was – it's going to be a big advantage. It turned out not to be. He's not healthy right now. And not just the normal not healthy Gronk. He's really not healthy. Yeah, right I'm surprised. Like he's, they're not even targeting he's him. A, he's aging not healthy. Yeah. Which is not good. Father time always wins. And yeah. again, you start to think about all that retirement talk. How much is that playing in his head? Is he so hurt that he's like, hey, look, I'm, t- I'm tired of being tired of being hurt all the time. Not only I that, don't know. It's I'm not quality, saying that. quality of life. Him, I mean, we know with him, he's discussed, like, I'm not playing football with anybody else other than Tom Brady. So, like, when Tom Brady hangs it up, like, I'm done. I'm not getting traded. I'm not going to play football anywhere else. Like, it's over for me. And I think the amount of times that we've heard him talk about retirement and not playing football, 
it's got to be worrisome if you're uh, at some point if you're a fantasy owner because the more you start talking about it, that means it's legitimately in your head. Well, again, and look, Jake played football at professional level. I didn't, but I can imagine at some point, even being an athlete, even knowing, even playing football, building up the calluses that you do, getting that lifestyle, at some point, you just don't want to be in pain. I'll, t- I'll tell like, you from my point of view, I tore my groin ten off my pelvis. I was playing every weekend. I didn't kick the way that I wanted to kick to be good. I kicked however it didn't hurt that day. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Being in the training room nonstop, trying to go out there and perform, and Grunk at 80% is better than most tight ends in the league, but it, it, it does weigh on you for a for while. Sure. When you go years on end, I did it for like 12 games. I can't imagine this year in, year out of dealing with something. It just drives you crazy. I mean, you almost want him to say, sit it down for a couple of weeks and make this run in the second half of the season. Yeah. Benching Gronk for Kittle. That is how we're ending uh, this part of the podcast. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at JME Eisner on Instagram. And guys, you can find me at the underscore sports page with an eye on Twitter and Instagram. And you should follow at TD Fantasy underscore. Go to TDFantasy.com for all the premium picks and premium content that we are producing. Five and one last week. Jake, five, perfect three and oh. Yeah, five and one last week. That's that's pretty damn good. Uh, back to back 12 and two weeks, by the way, on the pick So I will throw that out there. Yeah, Toot that's, my own horn a little bit. Yeah, but Jamie have, and I have been on fire for the last couple of weeks. You should. You should. But you guys should also stay tuned for Bruce Arians because he always brings the fire for his interview. Paige DeMacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians with our Wednesday special guest, Bruce Arians. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Had a heck of a morning on the golf course. That's See, this is how we know how the interview is going to go because each and every week, Bruce is usually golfing. And if he golfs well, the interview is always even better. So that's, that's a good start. We get start an extra fire when he plays well, for sure. <laughs> yes, indeed. yes, indeed. All right, Coach, I want to ask you about something about probably the best quarterback in the league, and that is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be 35 years old in a month. The Packers are 3-3-1, and and they were sellers at the trade deadline. Has Green Bay wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime? No, I don't think so. I mean, they had – I mean, they had some runs. Uh, they got a Super Bowl, and they got one trophy, and they've had some runs at others. <clears throat> Just offense, defense, special teams didn't all click a couple of years. Um, and then the injury bug hit them in the offensive line for the last couple of years. Do you think it's time that Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers kind of part ways? Are we hearing all this rumblings again for about the third year in a row, or do you think things are okay there? I think they're okay. I mean, those two guys, I think they're both frustrated. They're both so used to winning. And, uh, and Mike, Mike McCarthy is one of those guys that he's, he's won the whole time he's been there. Aaron, uh, watching Brett win, then he won. So yeah, there's a lot of frustration when that thing starts going south. Let's stick with quarterbacks for a second. The Bucs ended up benching Jameis Winston in the fourth quarter of their game. They said they're going to start Fitzpatrick again this week. What is Jameis's future in Tampa Bay? Do you think he's starting again sometime this year? Do you think he's starting there next year? Or do you think this is a relationship that's doomed to fail now? Well, it's, it's awful touchy. I mean, you know, Fitz is one of those guys, he can go back out and turn back into Fitz magic and, and throw four or five touchdowns like he did in the fourth quarter. But he can also go out and throw four or five interceptions also and turn it right back over to Jameis. I still think Jameis is a heck of a player. I think he has a bright future. I'm not sure it's going to be in Tampa Bay. Coach, there's a couple of trades that happen that have some fantasy implications and also bolster the offense. So 
I want to know what your thoughts are on Golden Tate going to Philadelphia and Demarius Thomas going to Houston and whether or not that's going to be significant help to both of those offenses. I don't think there's any doubt about Demarius Thomas to Houston with Will Fuller going out with the ACL. Uh, they need another big play guy opposite DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, I think that will be a huge upgrade um, <clears throat> from their, their backups, although he has dropped a lot of passes in his days. Uh, <clears throat> Golden Tate to Philly. I think the whole Philly thing is is uh, they're lucky. They're in, a, they're in a division right now that nobody wants to win. And uh, so they they can close out fast and strong and win the division again. So uh, let's talk about Byron's first game as the offensive coordinator. Uh, I immediately in the first quarter saw David Johnson more involved, split out wide, bubble screen, some traditional screens, uh, Christian Kirk getting in space. It looked like they simplified things a little bit. What did you see? How would you rate Byron's first uh, game as offensive coordinator for the Cardinals? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was outstanding. I mean, <clears throat> the fact that they, they had a comeback win, that, that, that sets the bar right there. But the entire game – they looked like they were on pace the whole game. They, there was never any doubt what next play was, and they looked like they played fast the whole game. So uh, the simplification and, and now with an open date to, to again, put in more stuff uh, for Larry, David, uh, Christian Kirk, those guys, I think it's just going to get better. Good luck this weekend with Kansas City and Cleveland. I think you're in for a hell of a game. Uh, you sure sure as hell going to enjoy the quarterback play. So thanks for joining us, and we'll, we'll have you back next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.